You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of thunderquack.com. I am your host Michael Cohen and with me as always the incorrigible Joe Hogan. Finally, a title I can get behind. How you doing, yeah. man? You know, I, I I couldn't I couldn't get it a second ago and uh, <laughs> and then I was like, man, I what are these other words coming and and uh, and I said incorrigible and you were like, I like that. So, it's, I, you know what? I'm You'll all be on one- board. You could be one thing on on the Star Wars stuff because it is a Jabba the Hutt reference. Okay, but on the Thunderquack podcast, you can be the incorrigible. I love it, Joe Hogan. I'm uh, all in. I'm all in. We are we are back. Uh, it is February. Um, this is we are we are recording on February fifth. It is a Monday morning, and um, we got some awesome stuff to talk about. But before we get into the geeky news that we want to break down, um. I want to talk about what's going on at Thunderquack right now this month, and that is the Thunderquack uh, pledge drive. So um, we've got our Patreon, right? Patreon.com slash Thunderquack, where you can get early access to podcasts. You can get exclusive stuff um, like Off the Record and uh, Pop Quiz uh, for Perfect 10, and uh, and you can get access to our, our special members-only Discord. Bunch of cool stuff over there. Um, this month we are like going to hit it heavy. We're, we're, we're pushing it. Go check out patreon.com slash thunderquack. We have bonus episodes, bonus content for every single active podcast on the network. Can't say every podcast on the network. Cause we have a whole bunch that are like retired, but I, uh, but for every single podcast that is actively recording right now, we have bonus content coming out in the month of February um and then on on top of that we have a bunch of goals milestones that we're trying to hit um on the patreon uh so pledges per month and when we do we've got rewards that we're gonna that we're gonna deliver for those milestones so um just really quickly i'm gonna go through the bonuses and then i'm gonna go through the goals and the rewards um so the bonus content right now already as we record this uh, you can get Perfect Ten, Star Wars, A New Hope with Amanda Konkin, uh, my my co-host from Quiver, the Green Arrow podcast, We and former co-host of, of this podcast, of the Thunderquack podcast. Uh, we sat down last night and we did about two hours talking about uh, Star Wars, A New Hope, and that is a Patreon exclusive. So if you listen to uh, Perfect Ten and, and you've been wondering how come Mike hasn't talked about Star Wars, um, we talk about it on the on the episode, but I I was basically like avoiding it. I was like, uh, no, it's what everybody expects me to do. But uh, <laughs> but since people have been asking for it, there it is. It's it's on Patreon. It's the exclusive. It's up right now. Um, after we finish recording this, I have to finish up the album art and a little bit of the other stuff, and then I'll be posting 
um, the Epic Marvel podcast, Watch Along, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Episode 1, An Iron Man is Born. So this is uh, uh, Curtis Finley from Epic Marvel podcast has done uh, uh, basically a commentary, like a running commentary along the first episode of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the, the Avengers animated series. Um, at which you can watch on Disney Plus. So you queue it up on Disney Plus, you watch it along with him. Um, and Curtis knows this Marvel stuff backwards and forwards. Like he is, and I'm talking like old school stuff. I don't mean like he's like an MCU nerd, like like I am. He he does like the MCU, but he is he's he's uh he's like an old man. Like 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 uh, like if you were to talk to Steve Rogers, uh, he he knows <laughs> the comics from like the 1960s all the way forward. So. Um, so his insight and stuff is, is unparalleled, I think. Um, so definitely go check that out, um, on patreon.com slash thunderquack coming next week. We've got the bonus episode for thunderquack podcast, which will be our Pokemon ranked episode. Joe and I are going to rank all 151 of the original gen one Pokemon, um, some say that this is a fool's errand and <laughs> I, and, and others ask, why are you doing this? Uh, to which I say, you've got to catch them all. And, and you know, that requires ranking them. I, I, I can't explain why we need to rank the Pokemon. I just know that it's something that you and I have to do. Yeah. Um, like there's no question. This yeah. It, important. Exactly. Exactly, it's important. This is the Lord's work, and uh, <laughs> I, I, we're gonna we're gonna do that. That'll be up next week, next Monday, um, alongside Perfect Ten Pop Quiz uh, for Star Wars: A New Hope. So uh, that that that's that's the the bonus um, pop quiz to accompany that bonus Perfect Ten episode. And then the week after that, we'll have Rebel Cells: Young Jedi Adventures. Uh, I I I said a year ago that I was gonna do this, and we never did. Um, but uh, Kara has agreed and Cassie has kind of shrugged um, <laughs> and, and they're both going to join me on an episode. Where we're going to talk about the, the Disney plus uh, Disney junior uh, show uh, young Jedi adventures over on rebel cells. So that Kara is super excited to talk about it. Um, uh, so I'm super one's... excited to hear it from her point of view because yeah, like, it's... I have no opinion on that. Uh, I am more interested in what her opinion is on on that show so that's, for sure that's pretty absolutely cool. yeah yeah so i it, it's i think it's going to be a good one it's going to be a good one we haven't recorded it yet because we're we're just finishing up the last batch of episodes i think we've got like one or two left and then we're and then we're going to talk about it but cool. uh yeah it's going to be a good one and then uh star wars the saga continues is is uh putting on an episode journey to middle earth this is a new sort of side series that that tim and kyle are going to do where they talk about things other than star wars so they're going to take some sort of side quests um and uh and and they're starting with the best side quest of all uh which is uh lord of the rings so that's going to be a good one because both of them are huge lord of the rings fans um so eventually i'll probably have kyle on perfect 10 to to do a lord of the rings episode because he's he's such a big fan um and both in terms of scope as well as his size because he's just he's very very tall uh i and then the following week on February 26th to close it out, we've got Force Perspectives. And it's a like, we're not ready to talk about it yet. We're, Joe and I are working on something and uh, we'll let you guys know when there's something to know. But uh, 
you know, like what we're working on is big. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll come up with something that is also awesome. And we won't tell you and you'll have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and, you'll have never missed it. Yeah. But, um, but, but if, but if we can pull it off, I think it'll be a, a really fun episode and a really great yeah. bonus. I'm, um, I'm very hopeful. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the Wampas Lair, uh, Jason is is also launching a new sort of side series uh, uh, to the Wampas Lair, which is the Wampas Lair Spotlight, and he's starting off with Shmi Skywalker. So, um, with Spotlight, he's going to sort of grab something specific, probably most likely a character, um, and 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 sort of do a deep dive in a mini episode on that character. And he's starting off with with one of I think the most underrated characters in the saga. Uh, with Shmi Skywalker. So really cool. Really cool that he's doing that. I'm really excited to hear what he puts together for that. And then uh, closing it out is off the record, which is uh, the Patreon exclusive podcast. We, I don't release it anywhere else. It's only on Patreon. And that's my solo podcast that I do. Um, and this one's going to be listener's choice. So uh, the patrons are going to be able to choose later today. Actually, I'll put up on Patreon um, a poll with a few choices uh, for the topics that, that I'll that I'll discuss on that episode. And uh, and yeah, so everybody who's on Patreon will be able to vote on that. And then and then I will record an off the record on on those topics and and it'll be a wrap-up of the pledge drive and everything like that but um but yeah that's uh so that's that's all the bonus content that's coming i so that's what you guys get for pledging in this month um for five bucks over on patreon.com slash thunderquack but I uh, the 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 real aim here are are these milestones that we're trying to hit these goals, um, and each goal uh, comes with a reward. So um, if we can hit two hundred and fifty dollars a month, then I'm going to start doing a podcast called Perfect Ten Minutes, which will be sort of like a a, a, a sister podcast to to Perfect Ten, um, where I will do like these sort of scripted ten minute uh, summary Perfect Ten. So. I, I, I've written about five of them already. Um, so they'll be a little bit more produced. They're scripted. So less of like our sort of, you know, regular conversational sort of thing. Um, but, uh, but with the scripting, there's like, there'll be like audio cues and stuff like that. So, uh, this is, this is the first one. Cause I really want to do this Two fifty, I think is very reasonable. I think that we can hit it by the end of the month. Um, and, uh, and, and so I can start doing these, these episodes, uh, on a, on a regular basis over on the perfect 10 feed. Um, and then at 275 a month, uh, Curtis and I will return to Disney dad's cartoon afternoon to finish DuckTales season two. We stopped halfway through the season and never went back to it. Um, and people have been asking, when are you guys going to finish DuckTales? When are you guys going to finish it? Like, are you ever going to come back? Are you going to do gargoyles? Um, so this is the way to get us to do it is if, is if we can get up to 275, we will come back and we will finish season two of DuckTales at $300 a month. Um, we will do a second round of exclusive bonus episodes. So at all of those shows that I just mentioned, you'll get a second round of those at some point in, in the year, at some point in 2024, we'll come back and we'll do another round of bonuses. Uh, and then at 325, Curtis and I will come back and do season three of DuckTales as well, which will finish off DuckTales. And then, and then who knows what cartoon afternoon we'll do after that. 
uh but uh but you know it, if you guys incentivize us enough right then we'll uh we'll keep it going but uh 350 now this is this is the big one okay this is it's it's <laughs> it's far off but if we can hit this uh we are going to grace you with uh, the 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 beautiful visages of myself and Joe on both the Thunderquack podcast and Force Perspectives. We'll have video content, so it'll go up on YouTube. Um, and uh, and yeah, we'll 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 be on video. I uh, I mean, maybe even we'll figure out how to do it live and do Twitch and YouTube and all of that sort of thing. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? Almost like it's the year 2024 and that's what people do. <laughs> uh, that's what content creators do. So if we, if we can hit that, the reason why that's up there is that in order to do that, I feel like uh, Joe and I probably need slightly nicer setups. Because uh, <laughs> I have a webcam and it's fine, like, but it's the one that's like built into my laptop. It's fine. It's fine. It's enough. But, uh, but yeah, if we're going to do it, we want to do it properly. So that's where we need your guys' support. Get us up to that. And then we'll be able to invest in, uh, in a little bit of equipment and, uh, and, 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 and we got it. You got to get like LEDs for your background, right? Like that's, you can't be on YouTube <laughs> without having like a color changing LED uh, wall in your background, right. To, to show off your, uh, your collection of nerdy stuff. But uh, yeah, that's, that's everything that we've got on there right now. I uh, theoretically, if we were to, to hit $350, I, I like, if we start getting close, I'll come up with some more rewards. But uh, I think that it, I think that we're pretty ambitiously set at the moment as it is. But uh, yeah, if you're listening to this and, and you've sort of been on the fence about supporting on Patreon, um, now is the time. This is the best time. And, and the pro tip is to do an annual subscription. So when you do an annual subscription, you save. I think it's 10%. So instead of it being $60 uh, for the year, it's 54 um and then and then you've you've done it like it's done and and you don't have to think about it until next year again and uh yeah i uh, it's that would be hugely helpful especially when i talk about like like us us doing something like getting some uh equipment and stuff uh those doing the annual subscriptions is so much more helpful because it puts money into the bank account right away sort of thing um and if we like, and the other part of it is that then I can switch a bunch of our, of our uh, costs and stuff like that over from monthly, which is, we pay everything kind of monthly right now. But if I can switch them over to annual, we'll, we'll save a chunk of money as well, which means that that money will go even further. We'll be able to do more with it. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the, the, this, the rundown, that's the skinny, that's the four one one on the thunder quack pledge drive. Um, like I said, the, the perfect 10 episode is out right now. I posted it last night at about one thirty in the morning. I think, I, I, after a minute, I finished recording and then I had to do all of the, the album artwork and, and, uh, write up and whatever and do the posting, but it's there. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, it's a, it's a really good episode. It is not a typical perfect 10, but that's because it's Amanda and I, and so we go off on a bunch of ridiculous tangents. Um, but I mean, uh, that does kind of sound like a regular episode to me, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I talked 
a lot in it. I talked like for 90% of it and Amanda was just kind of there. Um, Again, uh, this sounds pretty normal to me, man. Uh, a perfect 10. I try and let the guests speak more and like, like I try and like prompt them and like sit back and listen. But I, I, but this is the thing. This is the thing with like you and Amanda, you guys are such good co-hosts because you just let me go. Like you just, you just let me, let me go on a rip. But um, Andy Richter yeah. is at his best when he's encouraging Conan. I feel it's, this is this is true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there it is. Uh, Patreon.com slash Thunderquack. It would be so rad if you guys went over there and pledged your support. Um, if you're already a Patreon supporter, thank you. Um, it means so much to us, and we couldn't do it without you. Uh, it doesn't. It's not free to do podcasts, especially not sort of on the scale that that we do Thunderquack, where we've got all of these shows that are all kind of bankrolled by the one Patreon. So. Um, it really means a lot I, I, that that those of you who contribute that you do. Um, but I, I, I really want to like take this all sort of to the next level and I want to start putting out even more content. Um, and I, I, I'll probably talk about this more later in the month on some of the other podcasts as I sort of figure out what I'm doing. But, um, but uh, here's a hint. I'm still unemployed. <laughs> and uh and my and my severance is starting to run out so mm. um i'm trying to figure out what to do next and uh and and it's rough out there in the job market so i uh, so yeah i this pledge drive if we can kind of get it to a certain level might be what i need in order to to it's kind of like exponential right if we can sort of hit that benchmark especially if we can get that up to 350 then um then I can start doing some other stuff. I can start investing in some other stuff and then, and then we can kind of crank it up even more. So um, I hope that they, you know, what we've been doing thus far with this podcast um, and, and with force perspectives and, and perfect 10, as well as everybody else who's part of the network um, is enough to warrant what we, what, what we're asking for on Patreon. But, um, but really like, I, I I sort of I had to have like a like a a moment with myself, and this was like back in December, where I was looking at it, and I was like, man, like the the numbers on Patreon have been going down. It's really funny though, because I look at it, and and the um the earnings have stayed almost level, at, even as like uh, patrons have gone up and down, which which is interesting, and that's just I think like where we sort of found the the sweet spot in the rewards that we're offering, and um. And the, and the pledge levels, like the tiers. So it's now where it's just $5. I've gotten rid of all of like so the sort of complicated, like at $1, you get this at $5, you get this, right? Like that stuff kind of drives me nuts with, with, um, you know, you go to a Kickstarter and they've got like 15 tiers and it's like, well, with this one, you get a t-shirt. This one, you get a t-shirt at a pin with this one. You just get the pin, but you can get a digital download for an iron on for a t-shirt. And it's like, I, but how, like, what's the thing that you guys are selling though? Right. It's like, I just want to back your role-playing game. <laughs> like, can I please just get a PDF of it? Yeah. I, I, so having been frustrated by that stuff and as well as other, other Patreons that I support, um, just with like, well, I want that. I want these things. I want the, these, these rewards, but you know, sometimes they put, you know, one of the things that I learned from, from, from one of the Patreons that I, that I support kind of funny, uh, uh, Greg Miller and those guys, um, 
and this was actually something that that Tim Gettys said to me in person. He was like, because I was telling him about our Patreon. Because um, the funny thing is that we launched ours on the same day that they launched theirs, <laughs> uh, nine years ago, right? I, I, so we have the same anniversary every year, and uh, so when they came to the meeting meet and greet in 2019, I was talking to them. And I was saying, "Oh, I do this," and was, you know, like I, I kind of, I like. Like I look at you guys as like the benchmark as like the gold standard. So we copy a lot of what you do. And he's like, he was like, awesome. Like he was so, so happy to hear that. He was like, that's, that's, that's rad. Like if you see what we're doing and you think that that can work for you or like you want to do the same thing, then like, yeah, like we don't own it. Like, like, yeah, you want to do in review, like do your own version of in review. You got, you want to do this, that um, we were talking to the Patreon and he was like, the, the biggest thing that he learned is that you take your best content the best thing that everybody wants, you put that at your, your cheapest tier. Right. Um, and, the, and so I had done that a while ago. We put everything like the best stuff on the $1 tier, but then like over the course of the last year, I was like, man, like I get, we're doing all this awesome stuff at the $10 level and nobody can listen to it because there's only like this many people at the $10 level. It sucks. So I was like, what if we just did everything? What if like we got rid of the $1, we got rid of the $10 and everything above that. We just had five bucks a month and everybody gets everything. Like all rewards are for everyone. You're just, you're a member. That's it. Um, so I did that. And then hilariously, that's what they did this year on kind of funny day uh, on January 5th when, when they, when they, you know, which is when they usually sort of like shift stuff around. They did the same thing where they they reduced it down to like like sort of like they have more than one tier but like they put almost everything on on the kind of funny membership uh level which i i was like huh that's i got there first uh <laughs> but uh they have like sponsorship stuff and and that sort of thing that they also do so then they can justify it i don't know i don't know if anybody wants to spot if you do want to sponsor the thunder quack podcast hit me up let me know <laughs> but i but yeah i I, so that I, it's just funny how that works out where it's like I I was copying them and then I I actually got there first on the reducing it you know putting everything on one tier sort of thing um but yeah I hope that all of that you know makes it more enticing and and makes it a better value for everybody but more important than that it was just we were making this content and it was going out to to the 10 and 20 dollar patrons of which there were significantly less than the $1 patrons. Right. And, uh, and I was like, that's, this doesn't make any sense because like we're keeping all the good stuff to ourselves. Like that's not the point of making this stuff. We want people to hear it. So um, yeah. And these bonus episodes are going to be awesome. So I think that everybody should go. And even if you just, even if you just like pledge for a month just to check it out, uh, five bucks, you know, I, I, it would, it would actually, you know, make a big difference. Um, cause all that kind of just goes in and then, and then we can use it for all sorts of things. So, okay, that's it. I'm done. That's enough. That's enough of me talking about <laughs> the pledge drive. Uh, <clears throat> cause everybody's going to get sick of it. Cause I'm going to be talking about it all. If you listen to all of the podcasts, you're going to, you're going to end up hearing a bunch of this spiel over and over again. But, um, if you do like when you tune into force perspectives, uh, I, at the end of the month, cause we'll have, we'll have a, a regular episode at the end of the month. Uh, you, you'll be able to skip over a bunch of this actually by, by the end of the month, we'll probably just be talking about sort of how it went, but, um, yeah. 
anyways, I uh, you want to get into talking about some some geeky news? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do the easy one first. Let's do that. Even though it's it's sort of we're gonna go in reverse order because we're gonna talk about two things. I uh, we're gonna talk about Sonic. We're gonna talk about Ghostbusters. So let's leave Ghostbusters for last because I think that we'll have a lot to say because there's two oh, yeah. very big, very exciting oh, yeah. trailers that we just got. But the other piece of news that we got uh, just last week, just on Friday, actually. So this is actually like pretty fresh. Um, is I, I Sonic the Hedgehog three, which we already knew is coming this December. Um, big big news about the cast. Not the news we're waiting for yet. We're still waiting to find out <laughs> if our boy Hayden is is voicing Shadow. But uh, that's the rumor. So you know, we're, I'm I'm guessing trailer is when we'll find out it it'll it'll be sort of revealed alongside sure. that but uh but we did get confirmation of the returning cast so all of the the folks that you expect um ben schwartz alima jube idris elba colleen o'shaughnessy uh tom butler james marsden tika sumter all coming back um uh from sonic one sonic two um the 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 big piece of news here is that jim carrey is returning as Dr. Robotnik, which after Sonic two, he said he was done. Um, Cause he's kind of, he's kind of been threatening for a little while. He's just kind of going to retire from acting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really hasn't done very much other than these Sonic movies in the last little while. Uh, but I don't know. I think Paramount probably backed up the truck and uh, <laughs> just dumped the cash on his, on his front lawn. And, and uh, uh, you know, I don't think it probably took a lot though to to convince him to come back because he has so much fun in this role i mean like like there's a lot about these sonic movies to be excited about and to enjoy but i really feel like if you don't have jim carrey in that role that it's 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 gonna kind of fall a little bit flat i i just don't know who else could deliver this character on this level um because you need you need a human being that is ridiculous enough to play opposite a, a blue hedgehog that goes real, real fast. <laughs> um, but it's got to be something like that. Th- there are a lot of actors out there that um, co- comedic actors that do crazy, absurd things, but there are very few of them that take it as seriously as Jim Carrey. I think. Yeah. Like the only other actor that I think could have, fit into this role and pulled this off would have been like Robin Williams. Right. Like I think, Mm. I think he, he could have done it too, but um, as a matter of fact, I think he would have been amazing. Like I can picture him with the mustache and the goggles nailed it. And, and he probably would, he probably would have gone like the fat suit route, like of like getting, getting the belly sort of thing. Yeah. um, Being Eggman. But, um, but Jim Carrey does his own thing with Robotnik that is like unique to uh to the movie version that i absolutely adore um and and with with his uh with his his snively uh counterpart with lima jubes agent stone um i it just yeah i the 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 two of them have such great chemistry as as the, the 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 big bad guy and his and his little lackey um i love it so much and uh and but then the rest of this cat like it we're just it's ridiculous. We're so blessed already 
with this whole cast. And then we've got some awesome actors joining for Sonic 3. Uh, we've got Kristen Ritter, uh, who people would know from like Jessica Jones and Don't Trust the Be in Apartment 23 and, and Breaking Bad, right? All sorts of things. Um, so her coming, like, that's exciting. The rumor is that she's voicing Rouge the Bat, which would be oh, okay, something. That would be something else. Um, but I could see it. I could see it. I, I, and then we've got, uh, uh, Cristo Fernandez from, uh, Ted Lasso, uh, uh, and, uh, the post credit scene in, um, uh, no way home. Uh, <laughs> he's the bartender talking to, to, uh, Eddie Brock slash Venom. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. I, uh, uh, Alila Brown, who I don't really know. I guess she's been in a few things. Um, so she's she's fairly well known, but she, uh, obviously she will be playing Maria and and is going to get sh- shot, uh, turning s- shadow into the uh, uh, a- anti hero that we all uh, love the the broody uh, early two thousands uh, archetype. Um, so they're going to shoot this girl in the movie. I uh, I uh, she she can get shot with a gun in a Sonic movie. Uh, I don't know. They'll probably adapt it. They will probably change that. I don't think that she'll just get shot. Um, uh, Sonic Adventure 2 is a wild game, you guys. Uh, uh, and then we've got uh, Yorma Tacone, one of the members of Lonely Island, coming in. Uh, Sophia uh, Pernas? Per- per- I don't know how to pronounce her last name. but uh, And James Wolk. So, I, yeah, I mean... The, the the cast was already incredible, right? Um, with with James Marsden and Ben Schwartz uh, and Idris Elba, right? Like just such such great uh, voices for the characters um, already, and uh, and and James Marsden really anchoring a lot of the the comedy, especially in the first one. I mean, like that's the other part. You got Jim Carrey as the bad guy. If you don't have James Marsden, the the I don't know if you've ever seen the concept art. But they originally wanted. Can you guess? Do you know? I I don't know where you're going with this. I have no idea. So for the human the human character, right? Like the 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 cop that hangs out with Sonic. Oh, Chris can Pratt. you guess? Yeah, yeah. They wanted really? Chris Pratt. It was yeah. Chris Pratt. It's always Chris Pratt. It's always Chris Pratt, right? If, if and Shadow is Chris Pratt, I am not <laughs> even. I'm gonna be like, yeah, I figured. Um. I think that the 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 filmmakers for this first first off, I don't think they can afford Chris Pratt. Um, <laughs> I I think that that that's the reason why good he wasn't part of it good. to begin with, and why they ended up with James Marsden because James Marsden is James Marsden uh, and not Chris Pratt. So, um, yeah, because Chris Pratt opens movies, right? Uh, James Marsden is like far and away the better actor far and away like a more desirable choice and and crushes in these two movies um he's really that, like, good in everything honestly I, he's so i mean if you haven't uh, if you haven't watched jury duty dude he's so good at that my <laughs> god awesome. like and the the sonic stuff in that like that like that moment and i love it so much because like, that it just the way that he reacts when when the dude i can't remember the guy's name but the 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 real person in jury duty for those who don't know jury duty was a show where everybody on the show basically was an actor 
um, in a fake courtroom for a fake uh, 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 legal proceeding, um, except for one guy, this one guy. So it was kind of like the the reality show uh, Joe Schmo, if you yeah. if you remember that from back in the day, it's a little bit like that. But it was like it was kind of it's kind of like a um, a scripted like parks and rec the office like that sort like 30 rock it's kind of in that if if it weren't for this this wrench that they throw in of like this guy that doesn't know that he's on a tv show that's what it would have been right but they throw in this guy and they got so lucky and they found like uh just a wonderful human being and he and and james marsden become friends over the course of this but when they first <laughs> when they first meet they, he's got this great moment where he's like he's like oh yeah man i i, I, I love you know the stuff that you've been in or whatever and he's like he's like well, like yeah you, have you seen sonic the hedgehog and he's like he's like no i heard it wasn't very good <laughs> he just says it he just says it in such a sincere way of like like oh yeah no i i, I don't know I, I heard it wasn't very good um and James Marsden's like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know about, it. like, he has like, just these yeah. sort of defeated, like, well, I mean, like, maybe you should check it out. I think it's pretty good. I, 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 I like, it. I think it's a pretty funny movie. And so then like the next day they come back and he sits down and he's like, man, I got to apologize. I got to apologize. I watched Sonic the Hedgehog last night <laughs> yeah. and it was really good. You didn't tell me Ben Schwartz was in it. And, <laughs> and his like because it goes from like his reaction is like oh awesome that's that's great i'm glad that you loved it to no. oh, oh oh ben schwartz oh ben schwartz that's what and it's just it's so so good i jury duty is fantastic james morrison is the best and he is also cyclops uh my my favorite x-man um uh, and you know the most in- misunderstood x-man uh, as far as i'm concerned but i i yeah he he just like he carries these movies he carries the heart of of the 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 sonic movies especially in that second one um which you you just watched it yesterday right yeah yeah so what i i've talked a bunch about it tell me like what what how do you feel about the sonic movies so the first one was i'm kind of like the jury duty guy where like i I went into it (laughs) expecting it to be bad like yeah. because i was i was not impressed by anything in the trailers i was like okay this is gonna be another video game movie and then i watched it and i was pleasantly surprised very charming very fun um and i had started watching the second one because i liked the first one mm-hmm. and just kind of like fell off of it it's not that i didn't want to watch it it was just like oh i had other you know other stuff came up and whatever and you and i were talking about it i know it's like sacrilege that i had not seen it so i was like all right all right when i get back from disney i'll i'll check it out so it was really good it was another one that like i was expecting it to i had i had a certain expectation but i didn't think it was going to be bad this time i just thought oh it'll probably be as good as the first one i like the second one a lot better um and i think a big part of that is knuckles how he was just the um he played it so straight the whole time, but he's just like really entertaining. And Knuckles was always my favorite as a kid too. So I kind of expected it to to kind of like that he would end up being my favorite. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really expected it to just be kind of, um, I guess video game movies are starting to get better. Or at least video game adaptations. Like The Last of Us was incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
obviously the Super Mario Brothers movie was awesome. And I'm starting to now have a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a higher expectation of things, but still yeah. tapering them, if that makes sense. Um, but, like, I have more faith in that, like, oh, these adaptations can be good. Sonic 2 really surprised me, honestly, with, with how good it actually was. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a lot to say about it analytically, yeah. but it was just this is really fun. Like it was just, it was really entertaining in a way that wasn't the typical, like ironic. Oh, this is funny because it's stupid or like, it was honestly genuinely entertaining. The acting yeah. was awesome. Performances were great. Uh, CGI for the most part, there were a few like, eh, that looks a little weird and video gamey, but you know what? It's a video game movie adaptation, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, who cares? Um, yeah, they're just they're they're better than they have any right to be. That, yeah, that's you know that's I mean? the that's the phrase that I use most often when oh, I talk really? about them. It's like okay. like for all intents and purposes, by all manner of ex- expectation, they should be awful. They should be squeakles, right? Yeah. Like that's like yeah. you got. It's like okay, so Sonic the Hedgehog has this whole world and lore, and and the Sonic fans know you know, like the, all this backstory stuff about Sonic. And then here they come with these live action movies with the first one. And they're like, well, it's on earth. So, okay. Well, so for they're like, like you've already, so now you've got a mark against you right off the bat, right off the bat. It's one of these ones. They're like, and he's like, he's younger. He's, he's more of like a, like a, a young teenager, almost like a tween. And it's yeah. like, okay. So it's definitely aimed at little kids, right? Like, like, so another mark against it. Um, and this was all stuff like in the lead up to it. Right. And it's like, Oh, it's an, it's, it's a road trip movie. It's a, it's a human actor talking to a CG Sonic. Um, and then obviously we saw the first version of him, <laughs> ugly Sonic. And, uh, and it was like, Oh my God, no, no, you guys know <laughs> why? Yeah, Cause I've been, pretty I've been a Sonic fan since like the first grade. Right. So, um, like Sonic, Sonic is, is one of like my, my core identity modules. Mm. Um, like I, like I, I used to draw Sonic so much. I read the comic books and I, uh, like, I, I just, Dude, I love the Archie character. comics were so awesome. So good. Um, and so I, like my expectations were set very, very low, but it's a Sonic movie and I'm going to be there on day one. Cause I'm a Sonic diehard and it doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, they had listened to the fans and they changed the design and he looks great, you know, in the final movie and all of that stuff. So we sat, we sat down for it, uh, Kara and I. This was like right. This was right before because this is 2020, right? This is this is February of 2020. It's oh, yeah. Wow. Pandemic okay. is right about to happen. It's the last movie that I saw in the theater um, before the pandemic. It was like I think it was like Birds of Prey and then this. Um, we're sort of like the one, two punch. And it's like, man, great movies to go out on. <laughs> I was like, if this is the end of the world, at least I got those two. Um, I, and it really washed the bad taste out of my mouth from rise of Skywalker. So <laughs> I, I, I was like, yeah, star Wars may have whiffed it on that last one. But, uh, but then I ended up with this gem of a Sonic movie that just like, I remember like leaving it and, and I, Car uh, and I actually left the movie and then went to a convention. We went to Fan Expo, uh, I, I that that same day, and uh, 
and then and then came home talked to crystal and was like that sonic movie was so good it was so good we need to go see it i and then and then the pandemic kind of happened and we never ended up going and seeing it but then when it came out on digitals like bought it day one watched it a bunch with the girls and uh yeah it's like a staple in this house like like they they love it so much so when the second one was coming out i was like okay now my expectations are set high right because we've got the tease of tales at the end right like the post credit scene we know that knuckles is coming he's going to be voiced by idris elbow which you know isn't who we wanted we wanted the rock but but we got idris and you know <laughs> if you if you can't get the rock idris is a is an absolutely he was awesome uh, excellent substitute um and he and you're right like his performance what he brought to that character like the there's like a weird arch sincerity which is yeah. really yeah it's a it's a really really odd combination where it's like the character is totally absurd and the way that he talks is completely unnatural but it's so genuine it's so yeah. sincere that you're yeah. like this is really like this is knuckles um and and it's like when you get to the end of the movie and they're talking about desserts and he's like, will there be grapes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, ice the cream, memes yeah. and just all of it. It's like the the care and attention that Jeff Fowler and and everybody else on these films have put into it. Um, they they are Sonic fans, and they understand what makes a Sonic fan. Um, and so they they delivered on that level and um in the best way that like they they have made new sonic fans right and that to me is like like i always say it's like we can do one-to-ones of things you know like oh just take this thing and translate it to the screen or take this thing and turn it into a comic book or make a video game out of this thing and it's like but that's not fun what's fun is when you take the characters you take the vibe you take the spirit of it you make sure that that's intact and then you adapt it for the audience and for the the medium that you're going for. And what they wanted to make was a series of family friendly movies that they that there aren't that many of anymore, right? Like, like there there are a lot of kids movies, and then like even like Pixar, I feel like has gotten very far away from making stuff that's a, that's not necessarily appropriate, but like that that that's that's geared towards kids like elemental was a really great movie and and the girls did like it but i just it was very complex for for young kids um as opposed to like toy story right mm. toys come to life right it's so easy to explain elemental is like well um there are all these different elements and it's really about racism and uh you know like like so much of 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 what used to be geared at the family has now become aimed at adults appropriate for kids uh whereas i feel like it kind of needs to be the other way around and i think both sonic and mario achieved this via different routes yeah. right because the mario movie is also like absolutely a movie for kids yeah. that that has everything that we as fans wanted it to have so like they did their own thing they they started from scratch they created their own version of the world um but they but they also made sure that all the music cues were there all of the the in jokes were there you know memes and and whatever but then they also have jack black screaming his heart out singing <laughs> about peach right um and so i like both we're just we're so lucky 
to have both of these things. Like, yeah, they're both it, rad. It, it's like I, I, people, people always want to be like either or, or you know, like no, you, that's stupid. One's got to go. I hate that's those memes. Stupid. It's like one, one's got to go, and it's like actually one doesn't. Like, like we can, we can actually, like, yeah. you can have a list of 10 things with like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and blah, 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 and all these things. And one doesn't have to go. Like, that is actually the beauty of the world that we live in is We're that. We're allowed to enjoy more than one thing. Yeah. You don't have to uh, assign your identity to one, yeah. <laughs> one franchise. Yeah. Really okay. And so listen. Let- this we we are veterans of the console wars, right? Like oh like we we grew up <laughs> in that era, and I think that's probably the main reason why you know guys yeah. like you and I have the perspective that we have, which is yeah. like, what did we accomplish? What did we accomplish by being like, I don't play Nintendo Super Nintendo games. I have a Sega Genesis. I'm a Sonic guy. Mario sucks, and then it's like you know, five years later playing Super Mario World, I'm like, this game's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like it's just it's so dumb. It's so dumb to either or like to, to to other things like that. Like just be thankful that we got that we get what we get when it comes to this stuff because the rest of the world is burning, right? Like everything else is pretty much awful. Um, but <laughs> but you know, like we get these Sonic movies, and you know, we did we we did our twenty twenty four rundown of all the movies that are coming out this year, and it like what a crazy killer year. Yeah, this is that, not- we have one Marvel movie, MCU, I should say. We've got Madam Web as well, <laughs> and we'll have a. We'll, we'll, I think we'll be. Uh, uh, we'll be Craven <laughs> later in the year, and then we and we'll close out with Venom three, but um, which are technically Marvel, but not really. You guys know what I mean. Um, but like no big M- MCU movie other than Deadpool and no Star Wars still, right? Um, and yet, like the 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 slate for this year is looking so good. And honestly, Sonic bringing up Anchor in a in a killer relay race <laughs> between all of these awesome franchises. Like, we don't have a Star Wars this December, but we got Sonic on December twentieth. We got Sonic for Christmas, you guys. You guys, it's gonna be a Sonic Christmas <laughs> with Shadow the Hedgehog, voiced by Hayden Christensen. I mean most of that is definitely true yeah yeah i really really hope it's him i it would really be awesome it's him god at I, this point, I have anything to, else going to be disappointing i have but. to quickly pivot though and i because i have a question for you mm-hmm. um if the if the two answers are the same answer that's fine yeah uh but what would you say a is your favorite video game adaptation and then b what would you say is objectively the most successful video game adaptation to either a series or a film or mm-hmm. whatever? Um, yeah, yeah. If it's the same answer. If they're both a Sonic movie, whatever, fine. No, they're not. They're not. Okay. Um, okay. I I think I'll start. I'll start with the second question first. Okay. I think the most successful one at at this point is The Last of Us. I mean, I I think okay. I just in terms of of scope uh reach and and um and critical acclaim i mean it 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 really doesn't get much better than that i think it's also a bit of a cheap answer it's a bit of a cop-out because the last of us as video games are already 90 percent of the way there yeah um so it's really cinematic those games yeah it's really just a matter and like you know the 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 
the performances in the games are they have so much depth to them mm-hmm. that adapting that to an HBO series I think was just it's just a no-brainer like it it um that's not to say that what they did isn't you know an incredible accomplishment but it just like it's so right there yeah um, it was and they faithful. just yeah they just took what they had and they just they just they just you know emphasize certain aspects more um and de-emphasize certain aspects uh in the right way so it is it is i think a pitch perfect adaptation um the the uh the nick offerman episode like the bill oh so good man it's not just you know a great video game adaptation like turning the story like it is one of the best hours of television that's been made like it's just unreal it's, it's so so good um and a standalone too like you can and, just yeah. watch you could have no knowledge whatsoever about anything even it's the show a, itself yeah, you it's could just, just watch that episode and it tells an entire yeah. story in that episode it was so good yeah absolutely so so i i think that that's i think that that is objectively and truthfully the best i think mm-hmm. it, in terms of like like video game to video game movie like that sort of an adaptation i actually think that the mario movie i i it it does it really 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 well it's it i think that they 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 had the right approach doing it animated um, oh okay i thought we were talking about the 90s mario movie no uh doing it animated (laughs) doing doing yeah adapting a story that doesn't exist really because the mario games don't have much of a story right um so taking that world um folding in donkey kong folding in you know mario kart and all of that stuff I, I, I think that, th- I think that they did a really, really great job adapting that, um, better, better than the Sonic movies, because it is closer to what I would have wanted from Sonic than what we got from Sonic. I, I as much as I love what we've gotten from Sonic, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that Mario movie is really, really good. I'm really excited for the sequel. Um, in terms of my favorite, my favorite is the Super Mario Brothers from the 90s, 1993. Oh, really? Uh-huh, That's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. I, that movie is, I mean, that movie is a perfect 10, but it is, I, it's a perfect 10 in the most absurd way. Um, but yeah, if you know, if you know anything about like the story behind that, how that movie got made and I, I like the, the, the trials and tribulations of that <laughs> production, um, you know, like, uh, uh, I mean, Bob Hoskins arm is broken for most of it. I think <laughs> I, and they were like drunk most of the filming, right? The yeah. Like it's a, it's a, it was an absolute nightmare to film um and the end result is one of the wackiest concepts that you could imagine um but like damn it if everybody wasn't trying to make a movie you know like i and and just from a nostalgia perspective i mean like i didn't know any better i was eight (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> the jump boots were awesome. Mm. I, I, you know, Bowser being a T Rex, Jurassic Park had just come out, right? Like, Ridiculous. like Yoshi too being a little Velociraptor. Yeah, I. So for all of that movie's uh, egregious and glaring faults, um, the things that it does well, I, I think it, I think it just does really, really well. So I, I actually 
love that movie unironically um mm-hmm. i i actually i actually do think it's a very good movie i think it's just a very misunderstood movie but i am also the one who defends batman and robin as one of the better batman movies because i just think people don't get it like it just you know it's not a sequel to batman returns or you know a batman forever it's it's a it's a movie like big scale version of 1966 batman so, you know, like like in Batman Forever, there's the joke where Robin goes, holy rusted metal, Batman. And then he's yeah. like Val turns and looks at him. He's like, what? And he's like, he's like the the metal. It's full of holes. Yeah, and holy. you're like, OK, fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> ha ha. Very funny. But then in in Batman and Robin is like, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age like that's oh, this- dude. The ice puns are so good. <laughs> I, don't I maintain even when they're not even buns. They're yeah, good. I maintain that that performance for Mr. Freeze is like the the best of all possible options in, in, given <laughs> given the circumstances, right? Because he's making these terrible jokes the whole time. I've said this a million times on podcasts, but I don't think I've ever said it to you, Joe. So it's new for you. Every podcast is somebody's first podcast. It's fine. Sure. I I you have to remember who Mr. Freeze is. He's actually Dr. Victor Freeze, right? He's a nerd. He's a massive nerd. He's like, he's a huge nerd. <laughs> a huge nerd gets superpowers, becomes cra- a crazy supervillain, loses his mind. You think he's going to say smart stuff to Batman? You think, <laughs> you think he's not going to be like, I'm now an ice powered bad guy. Everything that I need to say has to be an ice pun. He's a misanthrope. He's a social outcast. Like he he's he like it makes sense. He's a nerd. He's a nerd. He just happens to have big muscles, guys. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know, ice ice powers. Um yeah. But but we live in a world where we've got we have uh, uh the the Batman animated series, right? So what's that episode? Is it Heart of Ice? Uh, oh man i don't i don't remember the the titles but yeah you know but everybody knows the episode that i'm talking about right like from the first season that exists that's a perfect mr freeze story that's perfect it's perfect as a matter of fact you're never gonna do better i don't think you're ever gonna do better than that story and like that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try somebody out there try and make a, a batman story with with mr freeze better than that but it's it's succinct it's beautiful it's uh like it's meaningful um it's it is it is everything that you want that to be it is a perfect issue of a batman comic turned into an animated show and like it just everything about it is perfect so like that exists so let's like it's fine for arnold schwarzenegger to be mr freeze at batman and robin right it's fine for dennis hopper to be bowser because eventually we get Jack Black as Bowser, right? Like mm-hmm. it, like just, I don't know, man. I think everybody needs to take a beat. They just need to breathe. They need to, they need to, to not be so precious with some of this stuff, um, and and recognize that that in most instances, people out there making movies, making TV shows, making video games, comic books, whatever. Like everybody is trying their hardest. Mm-hmm. And the the common phrase is that it's a miracle that any of this gets made, right? Um, it requires so many people working together in tandem. It is absolutely a miracle that 
movies happen in the first place. Every single one released is a miracle. So I and and if you've ever worked on a film, then you know the truth of that. Uh, mm. And it's so easy to it's so easy to dog on stuff and criticize. Um, and I think like we should be critical. We and 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 you and I are right. Like we 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 have our opinions and our things to say and and places where we think things could be better. Um, Book of Boba Fett is kind of always the thing that I go back to. Like, (laughs) listen to us talk about that. I love Book of Boba Fett. I like, again, unironically, I love Book of Boba Fett. I love what they did with the character and the way that they transformed him and, and all of that. I have big issues with the way they executed it in the show. Right. Um, And, and, and some of the story beats, especially the stuff with the Tuscans like the way that that ends right um and yet like like i don't have to be angry about it i don't have to carry that around with me there's a lot in the world to be angry about it, it book of boba fett shouldn't be one of them yeah. it shouldn't it you know like there are better things to to save your anger for um and when somebody's out there when when Tamura morrison is delivering at that level we should just appreciate it and that we got it you know that like they could have just not brought Boba Fett back. <laughs> they could have just left him at the bottom of the Sarlacc. We could have just had the EU Boba nonsense that's in, in those books, right? And comics. They could have just left it there, but they didn't. They're like, no, we can bring Tem back. We can partner him up with Ming-Na Wen and, you know, like give him a rancor. And <laughs> like, what else? I don't know, man. I I think people just look and gift horses and mouths all over the place with, with stuff like that. It's like, we have a, we have a TV show where Boba Fett rides a rancor and fights a, like a, basically a trade federation robot. Right. Like I don't, I don't just need to be upset about stuff sometimes. Yeah. I don't know what people need from star Wars. Cause that's all I need. Most of the time is, you know, I, so yeah. Um, Sonic three, (laughs) I'm excited. I, I, I just, I, we just keep getting awesome stuff. These Godzilla movies, the new planet of the apes. Like I said, we talked about it in that 2024 movie rundown, right? Um, there's so much to be excited about this year that like, I don't just be excited. Just please be excited. Um, yeah. I, I think, I, I think we're ready to jump into, the Ghostbusters. Uh, you oh, you should I have, take. I have been ready, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You, you, we've been like. We, this is the thing. So th- this trailer was what last Monday, right? And then we yeah. recorded yeah. Force Perspectives. And My there was a bit was of not on Star Wars list, but it's Monday. <laughs> yeah, I I there was a bit of a conversation on Monday of last last week of like, should we swap? Like, should we do should we do Thunderquack now? You know, to talk about about frozen empire but we decided to just like stick with the plan and and uh, and the release schedule and so we did but i uh, i you and i have barely spoken to each other about this other than yeah. to just tell one another that we are both so excited yeah um but like you're the biggest ghostbusters fan that i know i i so i want to hear everything that you have to say about it first before i talk about it uh all right cool uh, well, first of all, I think important to point out, because surprisingly, a lot of people are not aware of this, two trailers were released last Monday. It was the, you know, the U.S. North American version yeah. and the international version. 
they're almost completely different trailers. Yeah. And I don't mean like, oh, they just swap the clips around and like change the sound. Like, no, the footage is almost entirely different in both trailers. So we got essentially two new trailers on Monday. And it was amazing. It was it was like opening a Christmas gift and finding your gift and another Christmas gift inside wrapped with your other Christmas gift. It was awesome. Um, so it's, it the, was it was like getting a PlayStation for your living room and a PlayStation for your bedroom yeah, for Christmas. Exactly. It's like, like, like you, yeah, like like you opened one box. It's these two boxes next to each other that are exactly the same size. You open one, you're like, you got me a PlayStation. And then you open the other one, and you're like, you got me two PlayStations? <laughs> I didn't like, need two. Okay. But, but I'm going to use them both. I'll, I'll uh, take them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so the the tone, I guess, of the, the North American version is a little bit more lighthearted. It's not as scary as the other one. I, I, I feel like yeah. you're a lot more um, – they focus more on, like, the human threats. So Walter Peck is back, right? I I think he is. He's some type of authority, whether he's the new mayor or he's just I don't know some government official that oversees operations of the Ghostbusters, which has kind of been played with a lot in the lore over the years, yeah. where the Ghostbusters are not just this independent company; they eventually become contracted either by the city or the government or or whatever, and but they have to answer to you know an authority higher than themselves in order to continue operating. Um, so there's something going on with that. So that's really fun that they're doing that. They showed a little bit of the um, the technology going on, but, but not a ton. Um, a little bit more of the threat, you know, Garaka, the, the new big bad. And I, I mean, the thing that I think we all kind of knew about uh, because of the Empire magazine covers that released earlier, but... Janine Melnitz yeah. finally suiting up. Oh, oh. my God. Uh, and like, not just, not only she's suiting up, her flight suit has her name on it, which yeah. kind of suggests that this is not the first time that she's suited up, which yeah. I love. I mean, my, my biggest letdown of Afterlife was I really wanted Sigourney Weaver to come back in a flight suit. Yeah. And just, like, get revenge on Gozer. But that didn't happen. I think if... I'm not sure if she's in this film. She could be, like, a surprise that they're holding off. Yeah, I'm yeah. hoping that she and Rick Moranis are going to show up in some capacity. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, like, just the fact that we're getting Janine in a flight suit. She's going to have that cool little, like, arm uh, Neutrona wand that's, you yeah. know, not quite the proton pack. But, like, the fact that she's here kicking butt. Like, dude... There's been countless articles about how this movie feels like an episode of the real Ghostbusters. I'm so here for it. Like, yeah. this is the movie that I wanted since 1989. Yeah. Like, I love Afterlife. I love what they did with it. But it wasn't the movie that I wanted. It was the mm -hmm. movie that I didn't realize I needed first. Yeah. Uh, but, like, this movie, oh, my God, feels like the movie that I've waited my entire life for. This feels like true Ghostbusters 3. Even though I love the video game. And still consider the video game as, as the third Ghostbusters film. Um, is no longer canon. And just, dude, this movie looks so fun. It looks so fun. Like, I, I understand why some people are saying, like, oh, it's a lot of nostalgia bait again. They're bringing back Slimer. And you can see the Slime Blower. And, like, there's mm -hmm. all these, like, callbacks. And the Ghostbusters 2 logo is in the background of one of the shots. Like, 
I don't care. Inject it into my veins, man. It looks yeah. so good. I love the firehouse. I love, I mean, you know this. I don't know if anyone who listens knows, knows this, Mike. But, like, every excuse I get to go to Manhattan, it's an hour trip for me to just be in the presence of the firehouse. I'm just, yep, let's go. We're going. I don't care. Who cares? Let's go. And then just have, like, a drink of Christmas tree. I love the firehouse. So the fact that so much of this movie takes place at the firehouse and inside the firehouse, I'm just like, yes, I love this. It's, yeah. Like, I'm so pumped. It's back in New York. Oh, my. I, like, I, I feel like I'm just rambling at this point with, with no focus. This looks so good. Okay, you go for it. And, and steer me in a direction that would yeah. be, <laughs> like, more uh, productive than me just kind of going yeah. conscious right now. Um, I mean, I think, I think that, I think that you're right on the money though. Right. And I think that your reaction is genuine. It is, it is a very, very real reaction because you're right. Like this is, this is everything that Ghostbusters fans have been asking for. It's everything that the video games have tried to capture that the comic books have tried to capture. Um, but we're, but we're getting it for, for real and for true. Right. Mm -hmm. Like this is, um, I look at it and I go like, this is extreme Ghostbusters in oh, 2024, God. right? Yeah, like, I love that. That show is perfect 10 for me. I feel like I've said that before. Oh, that sure. show is a perfect yeah. 10. Um, and, and there's an aspect here that I think that a lot of people discount when, when we talk about, um, you know, the, the, the real Ghostbusters connection in terms of like the tone and, and the, the um, sort of the, the style of storytelling and that is that that series was really, really well written, especially like the first couple seasons are mm. really, really well written episodes of television. Um, J. Michael Straczynski, obviously being a, a big part of that, um, who would go on to be, you know, one of the biggest names in comics in the, the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, for good reason because he's a fantastic writer but like he cut his teeth on real ghostbusters mm. and there are some stories within uh the rgb that uh that that have like resonance that that stand the test of time um and then there are other episodes that are just you know your standard uh, saturday morning cartoon fair but but like that's not that's also perfect right like that's exactly what that show needed to be it was just such a perfect balance of that in a way that like he-man ninja turtles gi joe transformers they were not right mm -hmm. all awesome in their own respects and in their own ways but um but real ghostbusters has a few episodes in there that you could just turn into a movie yeah. i mean like sam hain you could just take oh, that story and just make it a movie awesome. um yeah like like i i uh, the boogeyman uh, yeah, going into the boogeyman's Man. dimension tying the proton packs together and you know like to to blow up his dimension like they like there's a film there that's absolutely that could be a film like there are some really really great episodes of real ghostbusters and I, and so when you and i talk about it and say that and use that as a touchstone i think like like we don't have to translate that to each other we know yeah. what that means right yeah. this looks like the best of the best in the same way that the idw comics when they were at their best were doing the same thing they were they were taking what worked in the movies they were taking what worked in real ghostbusters and they were melding it together into um into a pretty perfect way 
to to tell a Ghostbusters story. Um, That's actually this, one of my favorite comic book series, like of anything yeah. ever. That IDW, like that long run of Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean IDW having that and Ninja Turtles side by side for years, and then you know crossing them over in a way that like I I love that it's impactful to the turtle storyline but is not <laughs> canon for the ghostbusters one but i i which then they the turtles the turtles get the flip on that because because with the power rangers stuff um it goes the other way where it's like the actually it, that's not entirely true because the the power rangers turtle stuff it affects neither one of those ongoing series it's its own universe um that exists where where they both coexist in the same in the same world mm-hmm. um the turtles are in the Manhattan of that angel grove, right? Like, like the, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting way that they did it, but it's kind of like when they did the turtles Batman crossover where it's like, it's a world where Batman where Gotham and New York exist together. And, uh, and, and yeah, they go back and forth, but, um, but yeah, like, like everything that we've seen so far, and that international trailer, I think, just cranks it up a notch. The The domestic trailer was, I think, what we were kind of... It's more of what we were expecting from the teaser. The international trailer went into the the um, paranormal research division type yeah. stuff of, like, like uh, what Winston has been up to since Afterlife uh, since, and, and what we sort of got the hint at in the, the post-credits scene, right? Yeah. Um, uh, or is it post credit? There's two, right? Because there's one with with him and Janine, and then there's which I think is just like the end of the movie, right? Uh, or like mid credits or sort. Yeah, no, like that. that's that's the end. Yeah, that's yeah, the end. and then and then the post credit is the the the, the Bill and Sigourney thing. No, 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 all the way around. Is that the other way around? Okay. Fine. Yeah, all the way around. Um, mid mid credit was Sigourney, and then the okay. ending was like that long sequence with winston in the firehouse i love that i only zap the guys i just that. <laughs> <laughs> i love was, that I, it, it shows that peter has grown a lot you know it's um, it's like i know a little bit about afterlife like what it was going to be before the you know all the lockdowns happened and they ended mm-hmm. up tweaking a lot of the film that that scene with sigourney was actually going to be in the movie because the the next thing that was going to happen was janine actually rings the doorbell and is there and starts explaining, Hey, they need us. We got to go. Janine was actually the one to gather everybody together. It wasn't okay. Ray. Yeah, that would have been. And, and mean, Janine was supposed to be there at the end, but because yeah. they recut it, she wasn't there. That's uh that's, that's all. That's like heartbreaking. Cause I feel like that, that, uh, that, that would have worked really, really well, but I don't, I don't know if she suited up, but I yeah, know yeah. she was there. Cause I, I remember seeing photos. I don't think she was wearing the uniform. But I remember seeing set photos of them yeah. kind of like standing around and. and well, even you know, even just that. her being the one to like gather the team and to yeah like, to take yeah. these stupid boys and be like, guys, exactly, guys, what are you doing? Like, because she's the one who stood by Egon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, was managing his finances and stuff like that. Um, there was whenever I, 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 I would love to go to the alternate universe where that film existed because I think if I'm remembering correctly, um, the original version of it was everyone in town. It might have been including Lucky, and that might have been why they changed it. Everyone in the town was actually a cult of Gozer worshippers. Okay. And everyone but Gruberson. And um, J.K. Simmons was Evo Shandor, but he was also the principal of Mm. the school. And 
he didn't we like they didn't realize it, but he was actually uh, Paul Rudd was the a descendant of Shandor. Okay. So that was like the Paul Rudd connection to all of this stuff. That's interesting. That's funny. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see that movie in its entire. And you can, like I said, like there's little things that you can kind of. Um, you can see it. Yeah. Like are still there, especially like in the diner scene where uh, they're talking about like everything that's going on. If you look in the background, you actually notice people start to like slowly turn around and pay attention to what they're doing mm. and what they're saying. Um, but I think they left that in there as like almost like a nod of the jail scene from Ghostbusters one. where all like the random people in jail with them were yeah. somehow just paying attention and quietly, like not really reacting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would love to see the original cut of that movie, but mm. I still love the movie that we got. I, I really like, I really like the, 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 the way I think, I think him being a, a Paul Rudd's character being a descendant of, of Shandor would have been, probably a little bit too much too yeah. too too many coincidences right like right, too, yeah. too much of like well the spanglers and then we've also got this it's like i i like the fact that he is there by happenstance right mm. that it's like serendipity that he's like well I, he was a huge he's us right like he's our yeah. he's our audience yeah. surrogate for 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 us for the adult ghostbuster fans that's like you don't remember the 80s because this is this is the most interesting thing about Ghostbusters in the year 2024 for me. When I interact with with younger millennials and Gen Z, they don't have any familiarity with this franchise. Mm -hmm. They know that there's a movie, yeah. a movie. They don't really know about Ghostbusters too. Um, and so when Afterlife came out, it was like, to to a lot of people, it was like, well, there's Ghostbusters and now there's Ghostbusters Afterlife. They don't even realize that there's Ghostbusters too. They certainly don't care that there's real Ghostbusters or extreme Ghostbusters or the comics or the video game or any of that stuff. So we kind of live in this in this world now where like to you and I, it is formative. It is part of our DNA, right? Like, I mean, like, yeah see on the other side right like it's just like everything about it is baked into who we are we talked about that on perfect 10 right mm. um but there is a whole generation maybe even two that came after us that that has not grown up with this stuff now interestingly afterlife has put gen alpha into a place where like they are now aware of ghostbusters because afterlife happened. Right. So, so Kara is a ghostbusters fan because mm. I mean, she's a ghostbusters fan because I made her a ghostbusters fan, but uh, by introducing her to it, right. It's a <laughs> legacy situation, but, but that's kind of, that's what's happening. Right. So it, 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 we're kind of primed for a resurgence, but at the same time, um, we exist in a, in sort of this, this, limbo right now where like there's a lot of people who ask the question of like does ghostbusters really warrant more sequels and it's like absolutely it does there's <laughs> so much potential but if all you know is the first movie and afterlife or even the first like just the movies you don't have any familiarity with the rest of the yeah. franchise then that's a legitimate question because two out of the three movies deal with the same bad guy right so I think I think like the the choice to steer a little bit away from that and to make um to make Paul Rudd's character just a scientist um in the way that the guys were just scientists, right? Mm -hmm. Like I I I think actually that cuz 
I remember, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I remember having the conversation where somebody was like, well, Paul Rudd's just kind of like thrown in there. There's not really an explanation. And I'm like, what are you like? Watch the movie again. Yeah. He's there because of the (laughs) seismic. He's a, he's a seismologist, Mm -hmm. but he's also just like a general science nerd. Right. In like the vein of an eighties character who's like, yeah, okay. That's his specialty. But like, he's just a big science nerd. So he knows about all this quantum physics stuff and he knows you know like he can he can he can hang with the ghostbusters right but in the same way that peter could right like peter was not a hard scientist like like the others he was more of a social scientist (laughs) um (laughs) but he understood enough about what they were talking about in order to like like you know basically catch it uh, yeah you never studied yeah it's like oh, okay okay that was so that that's a bad thing okay that's a bad thing good note <laughs> um i, yeah, I gotta but, i gotta quickly interject a quick anecdote from yeah. this this past year so the last time carl leclerc from over from wampa's lair came to visit in new york he and i have done quote-unquote ghostbusters tours in manhattan many times where it's really just he and I, and then whoever else is around, usually my fiance Tina joins us. Um, and a lot of times we just run around and hit select filming locations. But this time, uh, a, a friend of ours who is is the biggest Ghostbusters fan that I have ever met. You have to see this kid's collection. And then um, another friend of mine who just got his first flight suit and a proton pack and all that stuff. All of us cosplay, like, in our spare time as Ghostbusters, you know, at, at whatever events. But we were like, okay, we have a group of five people now. Mm-hmm. We're going to fully suit up, sans the packs, because it was a lot of running around Manhattan. And we're just going to hit all, like, the main film locations from the first film. And we're just going to take photos at each spot. And, I mean, like, I absolutely get why the 501st exists. I get why cosplayers exist, because, like... Go, when you're a Ghostbuster and you're running around New York, everybody loves you. Yeah. Like, it's immediately people smile. Even if they think you're, like, a huge nerd, immediately people smile and everybody's, like, super nice and their guard is down. And it's awesome. But one of the instances of just, like, bringing smiles to people's faces is at one point we're standing at uh, the crosswalk waiting for the light to change. We're over by uh, City Hall. So we're on our way back to the subway to hit the next spot. And there's a group of about 30 school kids with, I don't, like, I don't know, like three or four like adult chaperones with teachers and TAs and whatever. And one kid spots us and goes, oh, my God, it's the Ghostbusters. I love my dad showed me those movies. I love them. And about 12 of those kids started screaming ghostbusters oh my god the ghostbusters and we're so like <laughs> pumped you would think like we were the actual cast from the film yeah and you know funny enough they were filming uh this new movie there in that exact location where we were at the crosswalk um so i don't know maybe they were aware of that and thought we were part of the movie or whatever but like they knew who we were and were all really excited like overly excited and my yeah. friend my friend Nick just turns to us and smiles and just goes, but the kids love us. And it was like, it was like, this is one of the best moments of the entire trip of, of this thing. But like those young, young kids, they were yeah. probably like, I don't know, second grade, maybe first grade. Um, they knew who the Ghostbusters were and they were super pumped. And I don't know if, if like 
they just fed off of the energy of one kid who knew who the Ghostbusters were or whatever. But like that kid was super excited and immediately told us, my dad showed me those movies. I love the Ghostbusters. And yeah. like immediately it made us feel just as good as they felt. It was, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. awesome. Well, we talked about this on Perfect Ten, right? Uh, there's a there's a very specific magic to the Ghostbusters for mm. kids, and that is that like the world is scary and ghosts. The idea, you know, the dark, like you know, the 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 monster in your closet or under your bed or whatever, like these are things that are they're they're real to mm. kids. And but in the same respect, the Ghostbusters are real, right? Yeah. So if Ghosts can come out and scare me. It's okay because the Ghostbusters exist. The Ghostbusters mm. are there. Yeah. And I can be a Ghostbuster too because anybody can be a Ghostbuster. All you yeah. need is, you know, the tools and the talent. That's it, right? Like, that's that's all it takes. So yeah. I, I, you don't have to have superpowers. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be famous or even particularly good looking. You can be a social reject. You can be a weirdo. <laughs> You can be a nerd. You can be anybody. Um, and I think that was one of the things that Afterlife captured so well yeah. with the new yeah. characters, um, with with uh, Phoebe in, in particular, is just like for a new generation, um, just just, you know, showing them like like literally anybody can be a Ghostbuster, even a kid. Right. Um, and the fact that they're they're carrying that through in the next one, that it's not, you know some new crew of, you know, adult, you know, uh, uh, super handsome Chris Hemsworth Ghostbusters, uh, whatever, like that it is, it's, it's just, I mean, in this one, it, it, it continues to sort of be a family affair sort of thing. Right. Which I, I really like about it. Um, but along with that, it's like, we see, we've already seen that, you know, like there's, there's sort of like these other characters coming in as well. Yeah. Um, and, and that the Ghostbusters, are expanding right and that it's getting bigger um it's it's got me really really excited not just for this movie but for the future yeah, of, exactly. of the franchise and what what is possible because i would just more than anything i would like to see a tv series um set somewhere that isn't new york right and mm -hmm. dan Aykroyd had had said in an interview recently maybe it was even in that empire magazine but uh they filmed a lot of the movie in london right mm -hmm. and uh uh, like I think all the studio stuff is basically in London. Yeah, they rebuilt the firehouse exterior yeah. and interior, and uh, and and they spent all that time there. And he was there, going like, "There should be Ghostbusters here." Like there, <laughs> like the number of haunted castles in Scotland, yeah. right? Like you know the 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 stories that you can get into, I uh, I uh, the ghost stories and paranormal and you know banshees and werewolves and uh just all of it right like i mean one of the best idw series was ghostbusters international where mm -hmm. they literally just go around the world i mean i think it was mostly europe but they're they're going to all of these places with these famous hauntings and just just outside of new york and it was awesome it was such a good series but it was yeah. like 11 issues long so each issue was like a different location it was it was really rad yeah, so I like that. I I want to see I want to see Ghostbusters expand in that way, which was uh, it gets us closer to the original vision to 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 Dan Aykroyd's original absolutely 
bananas <laughs> vision of a future where there are ghosts everywhere, but there's also like a Ghostbusters in every city, right? Yeah. Like, and so like we were originally supposed to come in, and it's like these Ghostbusters are just some Ghostbusters, right? Uh, not not the Ghostbusters. And I think where we're at right now with the legacy characters, it's time for that next stage if if the franchise is gonna continue mm-hmm. of like like you know not that they need to step down as long as dan Aykroyd and ernie hudson want to be in ghostbusters movies uh, the, i will welcome them with wide open arms and a full heart but um i'm bill murray i don't know how excited he is to be dragged back into this he seems pretty happy in this he, movie like he seems like peter vankman in the little yeah. bit we've seen so you know yeah. what i'm i'm not too worried and yeah it's, totally. it's got to be better than his uh I don't know if you if you read, um, oh, what is that book called? Uh, it's it's the it's the it's a recent Ghostbusters novel. I think it's like a convenient parallel dimension, which just kind of like goes into all the behind the scenes for basically every iteration of Ghostbusters. So the films, real Ghostbusters, Extreme mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, and um, the video game. In the video game, he was not very pleasant to work with. Um, so if you ever get a chance to read that, I, I encourage you to, you know, not because I want to badmouth Bill Murray, but like, it's so clear when he's just not passionate, when he's just yeah. there for, for the paycheck. Right. Yeah. Um, he had that little phase there where he was like, he, he was going around telling everybody like, this is the best. I, you get paid. You show up for like a day, you record your lines and yeah. then you're done. It's like when he did Garfield and he did the yeah. video game and, and all that like there was a minute there where bill murray was like voice acting is is so much better than real acting <laughs> um but uh yeah i i so i i just i i just want i mean i just always want more ghostbusters i'm just selfish yeah. in that way right i want yeah. an animated no, series too, i want animated movies i want live action movies and well, we're getting a netflix show right and... like that's still coming they announced there, it two years yeah, ago yeah they they've been they've been saying well there was supposed to be an animated movie at, for a minute there right that, and then i don't know what's happened with that but yeah it, it i don't know I, well the day yeah the day they announced this movie they didn't yeah not the title but they announced that we're working on the sequel i think it was actually ghostbusters day two years ago yeah. they announced this movie and they also announced the netflix show so it's not like it's been so long that we need to be worried about the netflix series mm. um but i i mean i'm hoping that this year maybe ghostbusters day we finally get like a teaser trailer or something because this movie will have come and gone by that point yeah i sorry i was just looking up to see if there's anything about no, yeah uh new ghostbusters animated series coming to netflix from the afterlife team yeah so yeah i I don't know. I'm and the thing with animated stuff is that you it gets announced and then you hear nothing and then it's out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So who knows when that's coming? But but I I obviously they're gonna focus on the movie first. So I but I like that we're we're establishing a world in which you know there can be Ghostbusters all over the place and that there's a. Mm. Uh, I'm interested to find out how they're kind of justifying uh the need for, for like the continued existence of the ghostbusters because uh, one of the things that the movie did really well but that it's kind of always like the first movie but it's kind of always been the bane of the ghostbusters franchise existence is the movie establishes exactly why this is happening why yeah. now why the ghostbusters yeah 
can become a thing in that moment and why it hasn't happened before. But then they deal with it and it becomes a thing of like, well, now I guess it can't happen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then the we second movie comes along. Well. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 the second movie reinforces it. That's the, like, yeah. that's the real problem. Cause yeah. you could have easily, the end of the first movie is like the, like the final frames, right. Are Slimer screaming towards the screen. So like that is an implication of like, well, there are still ghosts out there, right? Like the mm. Ghostbusters still could, could be out there doing their thing. But, but the idea that, that the coming of Gozer is a, a, a vergence, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very specific moment in time. And because of it, all of this paranormal energy is being drummed up. And so the ghosts are able to manifest when before, there were rumors about the 13th floor. Now he's there like, and he's affecting yeah. things and we've had to shut everything down. Right. Um, and that's what changed. That's, that's why all of a sudden now the librarian ghost is the librarian ghost and not just a thing that people have seen once in a while, but is a mm -hmm. thing that can actually affect the real world. Um, and, and, you know, things can start crossing over sort of thing. The, the, you could have easily followed up in another movie of like, yeah, we've been busy ever since because, you know, when we when we shut the door, when we when we, you know, uh, cross the streams, we may have stopped Gozer from being able to come through. But we opened a we opened other doors. Right. Like you, you can really easily just say that, like the events of Ghostbusters created a world in which ghosts persist. Right. Where there's just it's constantly leaking now through these small cracks. So it's never on the scale of Gozer, but it's always there's always something. Instead, right. we come back and they're like, we haven't worked in two years. <laughs> right. Like well, there are no ghosts anymore. We're out of business. We just do birthday parties um, until Vigo and, you know, starts starts his river of slime. And then it happens again because the slime mm -hmm. creates a scenario in which the ghosts can manifest again. Right. Um, so they've kind they kind of have put themselves into this world, this, this catch 22 of like, in order to have a Ghostbusters story, you have to justify how the ghosts are manifesting, right. Where right. they're coming from. Um, so I'm really, I'm really hopeful that by the end of this movie, that by the end of frozen empire, we get a bit of an explanation. Not, I, not that I need an explanation, but that just, I just want the world to establish a continued need for the Ghostbusters because I have a continued need for the Ghostbusters. So, well, I mean, the way, the way I look at it is that, you know, there was the Gozerian threat. There was the, the slime threat because yeah. as, as a kid, I used to think, Oh, Vigo's just really strong and the slime is his, but like, you know, the older I got, I realized, Oh no, the slime, uh, because of the psycho etheric nature or whatever it was, though, the negative emotions were, kind of charging the slime and therefore making all of the ghosts manifest, including Vigo, who was maybe the strongest at the time, but then mm -hmm. got even stronger because of the slime. Um, I, I think that is enough for me that they're already establishing, oh, there are going to be events that just keep causing stuff like yeah. this to happen. That's, I don't need anything more than that. Like uh, that's satisfying enough that, oh, okay. There's always going to be, another threat um yeah I, I i get what you're saying like in order yeah. for them to stay in business they can't just go from they can't just wait 
for threat to threat, it, yeah. there needs to be like some kind of explanation how they stay in business, like between those threats. Um, but I don't need it. I don't, I don't care about that. I would just love like it's a it's a it's like a single line from Ray at some point in the new movie where he just goes like after like like after we dealt with Gozer the first time we thought you know that's it like we closed the door mm. and but then Vigo happened and then it, and then he can like name like a handful of other things that we don't know about right like they mm. can they can establish a little bit of like well there was this thing and that thing that happened in between but they were smaller so there's no movie right like but and and then just to simply say like but after like Gozer's last incursion something so, like something has changed like the mm. there there's these things are happening more frequently and and you know like the 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 risk of gozer scale events is now much more likely um well across the okay. planet but like especially here because of because here, of here's why Manhattan, i think we you know? can't do that though because if you remember yeah. the um uh the sacrificial chamber that they mm-hmm. were in they had all those dates of those like giant uh, uh, events that oh, yeah, went yeah. on the next event after 2021 is like 2140 or something like that it's like another 100 years plus yeah, yeah, yeah. from now so even that would kind of be like contradictory on their own lore sure um i i think well i mean like that's we're talking about you know like the world ending events right like right. I, I i i mean and th- they've gotten around it with this new one because it's it's tied to an artifact right so it's right. okay. you, you know this ghost is is obviously contained inside this orb and once that's unleashed it's going to then set into into motion the events of the movie right mm, okay, but yeah. um I, I i think that you could just play with it that like like you know there's a there's always kind of been an implication of like like the spirit world and the and the real world are like they they're they're parallel to each other they kind of occupy the same space but but we don't necessarily see it all the time except when these when these things happen right so like that's what has allowed the ghosts to kind of manifest but but to just say that like that like you know because things have happened like because of the things that have happened and and um i think that they could get away with it by just going like because we ignored it like that like that's one of the biggest things is like had we listened to egon when he first said something maybe we could have prevented Mm -hmm. the situation as it is now but like there there are cracks in the dam sort of thing and and so like it's even though it's not a like we stopped the flood there there's it's there are still leaks that are getting through and so Mm -hmm. there are ghosts and like they're showing up not just here but other places and so you know like and that's where you can have winston being like and that's why we need this now like that's that's why i've taken my money and i've invested in this because it's not just a this isn't about making money this is the world needs the ghostbusters like that like if the line the world needs the ghostbusters isn't somewhere in this movie i'll be very shocked i hold on one second i think he says something like that in the international trailer doesn't he 
or was it the does he am i am i am i already like he's being interviewed in front of the firehouse and there's like a big crowd and bolter peck is there and the rest of the ghostbusters there hold on let me try to quickly find that i feel like there's something very similar to that very similar yeah um yeah like maybe i'm just maybe i'm just thinking that i'm smart and came up with it myself (laughs) but it's just in the trailer but i yeah like i like that that sort of that sort of thing i think like where they've set winston up i think like it's just natural for him to be he's got to be like he's he's the tech mogul that's like you know talking about you know that's going to be the the evangelist for the ghostbusters obviously Mm. right but 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 he's also like like the thing about winston and this is anytime you hear ernie hudson talk about this character um he talks about winston this way winston is is like the soul of the ghostbusters right Mm. so um if anybody is going to be the guy that's like that says you know the world needs the ghostbusters it's gonna be him you know uh it's just natural did did you find it yet (laughs) okay so i i was wrong it's uh he it says okay it says all over new york city ghost attacks are on the rise and he's being interviewed by a film crew i don't know why i thought he said the world needs the ghostbusters maybe he says something in the post credits of afterlife that's similar i don't remember i I, I might be i might just be misremembering this i think that janine says something along those lines right like that 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 because she's going to him and saying to him like hey you've got all this money like like it's time sort of thing Mm -hmm. um which is the setup for for the world that the new movie exists in by the way that scene was also part of janine going like Mm -hmm. and getting the guys i think she was going to appeal to winston yeah, and I, Winston's basically like, yeah, I'm gonna fly the guys out now. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna yeah. get them. I love, I love so much where they've put that character specifically. Um, that you know, like, like the Ghostbusters fall apart, and he takes what he has from that time. They've all, they've like squandered it, right? Like, yeah. like, like Ray opened the bookstore and is just you know a curmudgeon in the bookstore. Um, Peter is obviously just you know gone on to whatever the next grift is i i whether it's a tv show or a book or whatever right and, and you know peter always be fine but i i always always on the cusp of of being a success i think um he's he's a perpetual i i i, I underachiever <laughs> that's why i love him so much <laughs> but i but Winston, you know, like if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. Like that's the attitude that that you know you turn around, you take the money that you made as a Ghostbuster that you you were investing when the other guys were were uh, being dumb with their money, and uh, and then you and you turn around and you and you turn it into a you know massive business. He's a he's a millionaire, billionaire, whatever, um, enough to bankroll the Ghostbusters in perpetuity, right? Like. <laughs> I love that because because of the nature of the, like the behind the scenes of that character and yeah. sort of you know the the story um, of of sort of how like the, just the short shrift that that Ernie Hudson specifically got right um, in signing on and then you know I because I, that role for those who don't know we always have to remember that we're not talking just to hard <laughs> hardcore right. diehard Ghostbusters fans but for those who don't know originally that role was Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. and he was in the whole movie. He was right, there yeah. with the guys from the beginning. 
but um but eddie dropped out for whatever reason i think beverly hills cop but i so he was off doing his own thing and then uh they started rewriting the character and when ernie hudson signed on for the movie the role was bigger and then when he showed up and got the script it was like he doesn't show up until like an hour in right like (laughs) and he and he's got like 10 lines sort of thing and like the the series would go on to make winston a core member in in a way that that the movie kind of let that character down a little bit right but um uh and and you know he's he 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 serves his role on the team um but but yeah they like he he really got kind of kind of um uh not really screwed over because he's still one of the ghostbusters but he's not on the poster for the first movie i I don't think he was fairly represented in general yeah um so having having the come up come up of of decades later, you know the other Ghostbusters, uh, you know they're fine, they're surviving, but well, maybe not all of them because Egon doesn't. But um, you know, like everything's kind of falling apart. But from those ashes, he's risen and is this this other thing entirely, right? Like he's he's been the most successful. I think that's such a great turn of that story. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's going to be really fun to play with that, with this world now. You know, um, in in our era, our current era of franchises and and storytelling on the scale that that we do it now, right? Like uh, Sony really really wants Ghostbusters to be their MCU, right? Um, <laughs> I I and and so like they, I mean like they keep trying with these Sony Marvel movies as well, but. Yeah to have their own spider they keep coming up with new acronyms for their you know sony spider-man marvel universe or whatever um i can't remember what the latest one is but with the madam web promotion they've got some other term that they're using now i i and they're trying so hard to make it its own mcu but i but ghostbusters i think is really where the opportunity lies with that like ghostbusters is is the franchise that they can turn into this by having a movies and tv shows cartoon live action whatever um comic books video games like just just do it all it's the concept is just so perfect for an evergreen property right like there's just there's never there's never a, a a a lack of ghost stories people want this kind of stuff that something that lives in the in the zone between comedy and horror that you know we can like look at the things that scare us and then laugh at them mm-hmm. right like that's i think that's that's it's it's why ghostbusters has persisted despite um a lot of efforts to to bury it in the ground um it's uh it just keeps coming back because i don't know man there's something about a proton pack there's something about there's something about the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, the Ecto One, all of it. the The iconography of it is so strong, and you, the thematic quality of it is so strong. I I think that's why Extreme Ghostbusters holds up as well as it does too, because it doesn't just rely on those those legacy characters, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the the bulk of that show is not Egon. Like yeah, Egon is there; he's the mentor character. Janine is there, and she like has her like great supporting moments and Slimer is there with his supporting moments. But like 
it's the new team. Like the yeah. the entire show is really on the shoulders of the new team, and like they're so well written that you you don't miss the the OGs, right? You're just if it's well written, yeah. And it's like you said, it's scary, it's funny. The technology is there. It's the iconography of Ghostbusters is there. Like you're gonna tell great stories. It's it's gonna be awesome. Like of course there were a few stinkers here and there but like in a series that's 40 episodes having like i don't know four meh episodes is i would yeah. say pretty good you know what i mean yeah so i mean i i, I agree 100 percent. i just want more ghostbusters like do it well let people who love ghostbusters and understand ghostbusters create it yeah. the way you have been the last two films like do it man i'm i'm here i'm here yeah. for the long haul absolutely cool well you know, I think we did it. I think <laughs> I I, th I think I think we we've managed to to entertain and talk about Ghostbusters and Sonic. And, I have one uh, question for you though. Yeah. Involving Ghostbusters. Okay. I I think it was the international trailer. Um, Library Ghost. How do you feel about the implication that it took this long for them to actually do something about the Library Ghost? I. Uh... I mean, okay, so so there are two ways that that I can answer that, or mm. like two two instances where I can answer that. It's entirely possible that they went, they developed the tech, and they eventually went back to the library and caught the ghost, right? Like mm. we just didn't see it. It's part of the montage, right? When they're cleaning up the town, I. Uh, but the end of that movie is the containment unit explodes, ah. and all the ghosts get out. I right. did not put that together. And then okay. In this movie in I think it's in the international trailer as well, the containment unit is failing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um they they Sorry, what's the name of the new ghost? The, Which ghost? The the, the, the big like one. New, the, oh, uh, the, the big bad. Garaka? Okay. Um the implication from the international trailer is that Garaka senses the containment unit and is like targets the Ghostbusters, mm. the fire hall to, to let all of the ghosts out. Um, it could be her empire. empire yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All so right. um, I, I think this is my prediction for it. I think that the containment unit which was rebuilt after the events of the first Ghostbusters, right? But uh, the the containment unit will be destroyed in this movie beyond repair, and they will rebuild it, and it will be the containment unit from RGB. It'll be the oh, like the, the like full gigantic. like two story tall yeah, awesome. containment unit, and that'll be like the end of the movie. Okay. Is that it's like everything else will have happened, and it's like and you know like the 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 fire hall will have been like closed for a while while they you know because they gotta like fix it after mm. after the 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 events of the movie or whatever right and it's like I could see it being like either the mid credit or the post credit scene where it's like it's like you know they're kind of like walking up to the door or walking down those steps you know and we're expecting that they're gonna like kind of turn around the corner and and we're gonna see the the little containment unit built into the brick wall. And it's going to be like, well, after what happened, uh, it left a pretty big hole. <laughs> so we were able to, we were able to upgrade the containment unit so that this can't happen again, basically. Like, awesome. like oh, that would be so cool to have, to have Ray like oh, explaining. It's like, it's like, look, look, it happens once. 
that's you know that's on gozer it happens twice that's on us <laughs> right um i yeah so like we we had to, we had to beef up security around around the containment unit and oh, I love uh, that. yeah so so we put in a few upgrades and then they like turn on the lights and you get the like jong 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 of the lights yeah. turning on and then it's just this huge room hopefully the dramatic lights in the floor too i love that yeah. that like grating floor yeah yeah oh it's awesome. got to be right if you're going to awesome. do it like like you have to recreate yeah. the the basement from from real ghostbusters which mm-hmm. made no sense because it was like twice the size of the firehouse but uh but yeah and then and then see because then we can have stories where they go inside the containment unit you guys let's go i'm here for it those are some favorite, of my favorite ghostbusters episodes i love it every time they got they, awesome yeah, every time they got to go inside the containment unit whether it's you know the originals or i just i love it it's such a great concept of like it's bigger on the inside sort of thing mm-hmm. you know um yeah awesome well we actually don't have that long to wait we Dude, are it's next month oh my god i'm so excited we are in february this is when i hate the fact that you are on the other side of the continent that know, like man. you you are in a completely different place for me because i would love to see this movie alongside you but um, we will have to just, you know, see it. We'll both be seeing it as soon as is humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Do we know uh, when tickets go on sale? No, I got to imagine right. soon. I got to imagine I so. soon. I was I was frantically checking all day last Monday. Yeah. yeah sometimes, yeah. you know, that trailer drops and the tickets yeah. go on sale the same day, but nothing. Yet. Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll be there day one. And I and and then, you know, we'll be back after the after that to. uh to to talk to you guys about it i'm sure it's this is one of those things the 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 more of this we do joe the more it's like man we need we need more like ways to cover things i know and uh so i don't know thunder quack reviewed might have to make a might have to make a comeback because it's not quite this isn't quite perfect 10 territory right like i don't want to be doing so much modern stuff on perfect 10 it's more Mm -hmm. about stuff that stands the test of time but uh I know that we're going to need to talk at length about frozen empire after yeah, we see I'm it. In. So I uh, stay tuned, obviously uh, for that. Stay tuned to Thunderquack in general. Cause I, alongside all the Patreon stuff that I've talked about, there's some other things that I'm working on that, that, um, that could be coming online in the next couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, stay tuned, stay tuned. We, we got some, I got some surprises for this month. It's not just the things that, that we've revealed there are there are some surprises up my sleeve um for for thunderquack uh, uh going into the future um some things that i've been wanting to do for a while and so i yeah um but that's it for this episode uh obviously i i head over to patreon.com slash thunderquack and and help us out over there help us hit some of those goals and i i thank you to everybody who does support us on patreon already to everybody who's getting this episode early they're they're listening to it you know on the monday night uh or you know tuesday morning probably but i i you guys are awesome you guys are the best and everybody who's been considering it now's the time now's the best time i think to to jump in um and uh you know join the community join us on our discord thunderquack.com slash discord as well um, we're starting up a, a Thunderquack book club, um, which anybody can be a part of. You just have to to um, come join us on the Discord for that. 
uh, but patrons will be invited to uh, uh, bi-monthly. Um, is it bi-monthly? It's semi-monthly is twice a month. Bi-monthly is every other month, right? You are um, asking the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's bi-monthly. So every other month we're gonna do. We'll we'll come back. You know, like from one of those books that 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 we're gonna put on a list. We're gonna put together together a schedule. We're just kind of gathering some some books right now um, from from the listeners. And uh, this was all Carl's idea, actually. Carl, Carl from Wampus Lair. He he wanted to. I mean, he wanted to just do a Star Wars book club, and I was like, we got to open it wider than that. Uh, so we'll do a bunch of Star Wars books, no doubt. But but um, I also you know, I want to do Jurassic Park uh, uh, and other stuff. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun thing that we do, and that'll be uh, uh, not exclusive to patrons, but enhanced uh, if you have a, a Thunderquack membership through Patreon. Um, and you can join us in there and talk about some cool books. I uh, talk about all sorts of stuff. I mean, the community is awesome. It's so great. And our discord is so great. So I, uh, so come hang out with us there. I, uh, you know, listen, leave your rating and review on your podcast app of choice. Uh, and uh, most importantly, tell a friend like, Oh, you got a ghostbusters fan. Tell them to listen to this episode. Let them know that Joe and I are huge, massive Ghostbusters nerds. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to everybody for supporting us. And uh, and we'll be back in four weeks with another episode of Thundercrack. But also we'll be back next week with the bonus episode where we rank the Pokemon. 151 Pokemon. I don't know how long the episode is <laughs> going to be, but it's going to take us a minute. So About three uh, weeks long. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, you got anything, anything that anybody needs to know about? You got any, any, anything to plug? Uh, not at this moment, but very okay. soon. But thank okay. you for it. Very soon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a tease. Uh, awesome. Thank you guys for listening and we will catch you on the next episode.